We're seeing people gather to Jesus. The thing that keeps us going are these stories about people being drawn to Jesus who were a prodigal or who had trauma in their life and just couldn't couldn't connect or, or didn't feel seen. Um, people in the special needs community, children, old people at the end of their lives. It has been extraordinary to watch people gather. I think the show is just that. I, again, it's not scripture. We want people come and 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 get this new view of Jesus and then read your Bibles or get involved in your local church or in your local communities because we need that. The show isn't a substitute for that, but that's how we're seeing the show be used. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur, and this is episode nine of 2023. On the podcast today, we have a conversation about The Chosen, like the TV show, The Chosen. Have you watched it? Have you heard about it? I've got to tell you, when I admitted this even to our guest today, her name is Amanda Jenkins. She's one of the lead creators of The Chosen and additional content that's created around it in response to it. Her husband, is the one who is the creator of The Chosen. His name is Dallas Jenkins. And uh, we have an amazing but honest conversation because here's the thing. Uh, when I hear like Christian TV content, story of Jesus movie, I think it's going to be lame. Um, this is not that. It's streamable, bingeable content about the story and the lives of the people around Jesus. Like when we meet Peter, he wasn't uh, just fishing beside uh, the Sea of Galilee. He was actually living a whole life and we get to sort of see the three-dimensional color of all these characters come out for us. Anyways, if you haven't seen the show, I hope that this episode intrigues you and then you're going to want to go watch the show. So thank you so much to Compassion Canada and to the Scripture Untangled podcast who are making this season of this podcast possible. We couldn't do it without them. I can't wait to tell you more about them later. But let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Amanda Jenkins is an author, speaker, and mother of four. She's the lead creator of The Chosen's additional content. It's including devotionals, Bible studies, and children's books. Basically, The Chosen TV series had such a huge response. People were meeting and gathering to talk about it, and they needed content. She leads the charge on that. So... She lives in Texas with her children and her husband, Dallas. And Dallas, her husband, is the creator of The Chosen. And so we speak to them in their home. And if you don't know, The Chosen is the largest fan-supported entertainment project of all time. And it has 420 million plus, plus, plus episode views. It's been translated into 62 languages. I think you're going to love and enjoy diving into the conversation about The Chosen TV series with our guest, Amanda Jenkins. Let's go. Amanda Jenkins, welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, before we go too far, can you introduce us? Who is Amanda Jenkins? Where do we find you in life today? Um, I am a, I am a mom every moment of my life, uh, married to Dallas, and we breathe, we inhale, exhale the chosen and our children. That's pretty much uh, what we do. And <laughs> the chosen and your children. I love that. <laughs> and so, I mean, not everybody will know what the chosen is, um, who's listening or watching us today. Can you give us like, what is the snapshot? What the heck is the chosen? 
It's a multi-season uh, television show about the life of Christ and his followers, those last three years of his life. So um, we started it as a, um, really, it, it came birthed out of my husband's movie career having failed, but God putting this um, show on his heart, kind of stripping him of everything else and and setting a course to just tell the stories of Jesus. And so that's what we've been doing for about five years now. But you're doing it in kind of like an unusual way. I mean, you're, you're, I appreciate that this is the short synopsis, but I don't think I've seen anyone do it like this before. And so can you tell us how that came about? Like this, how this dream started, because it's not just, we're going to film a TV show about Jesus. Uh, We've all seen those. And I think, for a lot of people I've recommended the show to, that's their immediate no before they even start. This, I've seen this before. It's super lame. I'm, I'm just not interested. <laughs> so, But something else was happening here. How did that dream and how did you imagine it differently? Well, it, it comes out of Dallas's brain and heart. And um, he had spent some years doing short films for our church, um, just mm. for like Christmas Eve services and Easter services. Um he just has this interesting view of, you know, we watch a lot of TV. We uh, just truth be told. And, um, and he's a storyteller. And so he started to imagine the stories around Jesus. So um, I think what we are used to seeing, like you mentioned, is we're kind of seeing the stories of the Bible just lifted directly out of scripture and then just like presented. So Jesus said this in this sermon and he did this miracle. And we're, we jump typically in our Jesus stuff, we jump from miracle to miracle or sermon to sermon. And Dallas is a storyteller and, and as a human who I, I, I briefly mentioned was going through a really hard career fail um, and was experiencing Jesus from a really visceral place. Mm. Um, he just started to imagine the people around Jesus. And when you connect to the people around Jesus, you start connecting to those stories in a really different way. And so he and his, um, who the guys who became his co-writers on The Chosen, um, started imagining all the moments in between the moments that are in scripture. Mm-hmm. And um, we love the Bible. And so everything that we do is, is steeped in scripture. But, um, you know, we don't know what the conversations were over breakfast because those aren't in the Bible. We're not, you know, there, there are conversations when they're walking to Samaria. That's not in the Bible. So what would that have looked like? Yeah. These are human beings and Jesus was human, fully human, fully God. And we're, I think we're, we're more, um, prone to depict the God stuff that's on the pages of scripture than we are the human stuff. And so Dallas just started to really, um, marinate on that, think on that. And then out of it came this, this show that, um, that depicts that. And, and then you said, but we don't have any, I assume it was like, but we don't have the money. What if we could fund this a different way? Um, and, you know, I ask about this because the whole podcast that you're on here is all around the digital world and how that has changed so much of every aspect of our life. It's changed our faith experience, our discipleship evangelism, but it's also changed like how we interact with and consume content. Blockbuster is dead. <laughs> and yeah. Netflix is now struggling. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but uh, you know, tell us about that. This this model 
it's, I've never seen it done before. Like this hugely successful crowdsourcing, crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, the, the model was birthed again with this whole place starts out of brokenness, which mm, of course, wow. God, that's, that's God brings beauty from ashes. Right. And so Dallas had this, um, movie flop and, um, stopped the, the phone calls from the producers that were, he was working with in Hollywood. Those stopped like the cliche, they, they stopped taking your phone calls mm. and, um, there was no way to make content in the traditional sense. And, and that's exactly where God wanted him. So not only was he personally being impacted by the story of Jesus in a different way, he had no way forward with traditional media. I mean, not only is media drastically changing, um, and so there's lots of people making stuff on their iPhones and, you know, there's a lot, you, you can be creative in so many new ways, but still how to get it to the world is, is something that really only Hollywood kind of lowers its scepter for. And, um, and so we got partnered up with these guys who had an idea to crowdfund, which Dallas laughed at and thought we'd break $800. Like we thought it was a joke, but we had no, nothing else to do. We, we had no other options. And so, um, they put up a short film that he had made based on the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And um, again, it was kind of a different look. It's it's not just the story and the, the nativity, but it's the people around it and how they were impacted, this kind of new way Dallas was seeing things. So they put this short film up and they started a crowdfund and it, $10 million and 19,000 investors. And, and it's really only the Lord can do a new wow. thing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And and it's it's like we we were as shocked as everyone else watching. We're like we had no clue that this was how we were going to get this done. Um, but God made a way forward. And and what's really cool is um, we're now on the front end of um, some tech stuff and entertainment stuff and distribution stuff, whereas Christians have always been behind. We've always been the last kind of yes. to the party when it comes to some of this stuff. And so uh, we can't even really take credit for it. It's just what the Lord is doing and how he made the way forward. Um, so we're holding on for dear life a little bit because it's new, um, but it is the coolest thing. And we're not beholden to anyone for content controls. And it's, it's pretty limitless as far as its reach because it's not relegated to any particular studio or streaming platform. It's just mm -hmm. bizarre how it, how it, took off, but really cool as well. Um, so I don't know if you could speak more to that. I don't expect this is your expertise, but because of the nature of this podcast, when you talk about that tech side of things, um, do you have an example of something that you're leading on? Because I think that would really encourage people listening. There are so many ways I feel like we're behind, you know, the church is outdated and COVID maybe pushed some stuff forward in terms of tech live streaming, all that stuff. But I still think we're so far behind. Um, is there, can you give us an example of, of a way in which like people are coming to your team, the chosen team and saying, how did you do that? Well, yes, it is totally outside my expertise. I'm like, go, go to the app. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People have created, but, but casting was, you know, even, even mm. things moved so fast. So casting from your phone to your television, we were on the front end of that. Um, cause the guys we were working with, um, just understood stuff like that and had a vision for it. So, um, that casting was, was a really new thing so that we weren't having to be on any particular platform. And you could just pull up this app and go. Yeah. Um, I think the app itself as being a hub and a community um, is is a new thing. I think the industry is ripe for it, but a lot of people aren't doing it. I mean, when I think of stand-up comics or I think of little indie films, I mean, the indie films have gone 
the way of, you know, like that was 20 years ago, it was all about the indie film, but now it's, it's either these huge Marvel blockbusters or really, I don't know, Hallmark channel. I mean, it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough Those to are the extremes, aren't they? It's like, if you yeah. can't guarantee this amount of money from the Spider-Man film, yeah. You know, it's that hallmark level call. Like, like there's no space for those in between. Yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. And so the the our our, our app community and and the building of that um, as its own little ecosystem is is kind of a new thing. Um, a new thing we just did. We just opened in theaters for episodes seven and eight for a television show. No one's doing that. Um, yeah. And we again, it's kind of born out of this. Um, well, hey, we don't have rules. Let's because we don't play by anyone's rules anymore. So let's let's throw an episode into the theater and see what happens. And when we did that for our Christmas special, um, uh, that's how we first did it. We just had these, these kind of Christmas specials that we were doing to fill time in between seasons. And we threw it on screen and, and people wanted to go. And, um, and so we just did that again for episodes seven and eight of season three. And now all of a sudden Hollywood's turning around and going, wait, a TV show, episodes of a TV show in the theater? Like, could we bring theaters back to life that way? And, and so that now the industry is talking about it and we're just kind of, we're just kind of going, well, okay, we have no rules. What, what should we do and where should we put it? And what could, how could we get more reach and have more people see it? And um, so I really think thinking outside the box, I'm married to a man who, who never gets in the box. Sometimes I'm like, can we get in the box for a sec? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, he, he's just no rules. And, um, and living on his face before Jesus has been a really cool mm. combination. In this podcast episode, as we talk about the chosen, as it brings the Bible to life, I think the truth is that the Bible can feel overwhelming, confusing, and really hard to believe. And so the latest episode of Scripture Untangled, which is a podcast by the Canadian Bible Society, is going to bring interviews with culture leaders, leaders in ministry, and Bible thinkers. It's all to inspire you to dive into the Bible and understand it. You can listen for free and you can scribe, subscribe where Wherever you listen to podcasts on your preferred podcast audio app, and you can visit scriptureuntangled.ca for more information. That's scriptureuntangled.ca. The link, as always, will be down in the show notes. Now back to the conversation with Amanda. Well, it reminds me of what you're describing. I, I, I'm curious about the connection between this and this phrase, good trouble, that has followed the sort of marketing and positioning of the chosen good trouble. Um, I'd love if you could speak to that phrase and it sounds like what you're describing too is kind of like, how can we stir up some trouble yourselves? Like in the, in the whole media industry that we're part of, like how do we get into some good trouble and try some new things? Uh, I know that's, that's, it's more speaking to the show itself, but I'd love you to, to tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's cool about the, the living word, right? It just, it has a million applications. And so the concept is based in a biblical principle, which is that Jesus was a revolutionary. Jesus didn't play by anyone's rules. He didn't play by the religious leaders rules. He didn't play by political rules. He didn't play by, um, you know, it's, it's the upside down logic of Jesus is the last will be first. And, um, to, to lead, you must serve and, and, and all those things that Jesus does. And so he's really a troublemaker in the best sense, right? He's always, we have another line in the show where he says, sometimes you got to stir up the waters. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's really the picture of it, whether it's the content itself or it's the, um, you know, the, the tech aspect of it or, or the marketing aspect of it. I mean, and, and truth be told, Dallas is a never ending 
information absorbing machine. I hate his nightstand because mine is clean and his is piled with books. And he's reading, he's not just reading um, his Bible, which he reads first. He's reading um, books on building business. He's reading how to be a better leader. He's reading the brain that changes itself. He's mm -hmm. reading all these things that he's, and then he's bringing to um, new ideas, fresh ideas to, to, to what he's doing, marketing and, you know, writing of the show. So, um, so in that sense, you know, if you're always, if you're on the front end of things, which is, it's hard to be, but if you are, then you're, you're upsetting the apple cart all the time. You're kind of doing new things. So I would, I would say just from what I've observed, um, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the structured checklist aspect of our family. I pay our bills. You need one of those too. Um, but Dallas is the visionary think outside the box guy and he just doesn't have rules. So we often say that to each other, whether it's in our books that I'm actually writing or whether it's, um, the show itself, we just go, Oh, okay. We just fell into thinking we had to do it one way, shake that up. Um, erase the premise, no rules, you know, other than biblical rules. Sure, no rules. sure. I understand what you're saying. Well, that, and let's go there. I, I would love to talk to you about this side of it. I don't know if this was always what was intended or not, but you've been involved, Amanda, with a ton of like the content, the extra stuff that goes along with it. And I'll say for myself, Amanda, I've been part of a group that gets together, you know, in a home, watches this show and has conversations about it. Was that always the intention? Did you have to be like, oh, people need this. Let's go create it. Like, was it, was it uh, an afterthought? I, I'd love to, to get in your brain around your heart behind this additional content. Yeah, we, you know, our heart is, is the Bible. We, when you, when you've been radically changed by the Bible, you want people to have the Bible. And, and we had heard a story years back about a missionary who, um, who he had this little phrase that we've repeated now, but, um, Bible preach. And it was this, the notion that, um, the Bible's enough. And, um, and even if he would go out and offer himself to these tribes and, you know, Iran and Iraq, they, they, they oftentimes they would be like, no, we're good. We have the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so we had that mindset of, um, we want the show to point people to Jesus, but the show is not the Bible. So our heart is that the show pulls people back to scripture. And what we're finding is that's the case, but then, um, there's, there's a lot of time in between seasons that people are, are hungry, um, for more direction. And so I had, I had been writing for a number of years and it just was kind of a natural, you know, it God just lined it up where it's like, here's how I want you using this, this ability. And our, our hearts were for people to be in scripture. So the extra content is Bible based, whereas the show is really more of a historical narrative you know it's it's historical fiction it's we are steeped in scripture and we've got experts telling us what's plausible and what's not and so we never want to stray from what's what's plausible based on scripture um and then of course there is a lot of scripture in the show as well but um but the extra content is actual bible study so the show is sometimes a supplement to what we're doing in that extra content but the bible is not a supplement for the show, if that makes sense. We really, that's a strong priority for us is that by Bible preach at the end of the day, that's what we care about. Yeah. Well, and that's, um, it's almost like, uh, as you said, you've created the content, the community that pays for the, that builds then funds the content and then a community that talks about the content and then a community that asks for 
more content. <laughs> uh, you know, it is really amazing how how this has evolved or how it has grown. I, I again, I, I've seen the impact in my own life in the lives of the people that I'm watching the show with gathered in a living room, or we did go to the theater for the, the opening of this season. That was a ton of fun as well. Um, it's just fun. It's just, it's fun to see this Christian content, not be lame, cheesy, or maybe I would say, uh, like tame or timid because Jesus yeah. was not timid. Um, but we, I think, do you think it's that nervousness about, well, we don't want to speak for him, so we better not add these extra new, you know, we don't want to add the extra embellishments because it violates it somehow. Well, and we do get criticism for that. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't please everybody. And, and we're really, it really matters to us that we're, um, that we're accurate. I mean, we have a lot of education between the two of us. We both were Bible majors, but, you know, we cling closely to, We've got a New Testament scholar. We've got a, um, a messianic rabbi. We've, we've, we have people, we have voices and people that we trust speaking into it so that we never get far afoot from um, from the biblical truth of the matter. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Bible's full of stuff that we don't necessarily agree on, you know, where we're, we're, we're hearing something that Jesus said and we're applying it differently or we're understanding it differently. And so there's, there is that, I think... Yeah, I think that we're really as while we're praying about it and we're accountable to our people, I think it would be pretty paralyzing if we were so worried about all the feedback. It's like if we can get it where we feel good about it and solid about it within um, our our sphere of influence, um, you know, we've, you just kind of have to go forward because I, I think you know I think it's even similar to pleasing Hollywood, like the 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 other the other kind of category of people pleasing, whether you're doing it to please people of how you're interpreting the scripture or you're not wanting to upset Hollywood or go too far in the direction of, um, I mean, we're a Jesus show, so we're kind of freed up of a lot of that, right? It's like, well, this is what we are. We're not, we can't pretend like we're not. So it is that lack of fear that I think causes creativity to thrive, honestly. And if you get it wrong, that's okay. Because Again, we're always like, it's not the Bible. <laughs> it's flawed yeah. filmmakers uh, doing our best. And so read your Bible and go check what we're saying against your Bible. Um, but yeah, I think fear for sure limits. But there's a lot of that. You know, we keep ourselves accountable and then loosed, I guess. We do both. You know, and I one of the characters that struck me the most about that in my own personal experience of it was this Matthew, the tax collector who has sort of this maybe autistic or Asperger's spectrum. And it's like, right. He's this genius, brilliant with math and numbers. And then he writes the gospel of Matthew, which is all these details. And, and that interpretation really struck me um, personally because how wouldn't that just be like God to use this amazing, unique kind of person to be able to be so annoyingly detail oriented that he would capture and record every detail of the, the experience he had for a few years walking with Jesus. Like, of course Jesus would have a guy like that following him around. And, and I understand that that's a creative interpretation, but it, it brought the whole thing to, to a new colorful light for me. And I feel really yeah. grateful for it. Well, yeah, it's a creative interpretation about Matthew specifically, yeah. but, but surely we can confidently say Jesus has been, you know, 
in and among the autistic community as well as every other kind of community, of right? Because he's created these people. And so I do think there we've had this one way of seeing and interpreting what we're looking at. And what the writers do is they, you know, this is the, the benefit of, of having scripture is that you know where you're going and you have these specific milestones. And so they look at those things and they go, okay, let's work backwards. What would have gotten Matthew to get up and leave his tax booth behind? What would have, what could have caused that? Or what could have made him so detail oriented more than the other gospel writers in his, you know, the lineage that he recorded and some of the details that Matthew recorded, what would have made him like that? And then storytellers do, you write what you know, that you're a better writer if you're writing what you know. And we have a lot of autism in our family. Our, mm-hmm. our third born is autistic. We Dallas has some cousins on the spectrum. And so it's, um, you write what you know, and you go, oh, I've seen this before. I've seen these kinds of geniuses and how they interact with information and how they respond to Jesus. And, um, and so you write what you know at the end of the day. And, um, and of course, Jesus is surrounded with all types, right? Of course he is. On The Chosen, we see the transformation of people when they get around Jesus, but transformation can feel a little bit like a buzzword. What does it even really look like in our times, in our culture, when people encounter Jesus, encounter people of faith? One of the places that I see transformation so evident is in the stories of former Compassion-sponsored children. That's the graduates or alumni of the Compassion program who are now adults and telling stories of how sponsorship impacted them. Like my friend, and Rhea, who I've had the privilege of knowing. She's originally from the Philippines and she has this impactful line when she talks about her story, but knowing someone who's never met you, cares for you, it changes you. It doesn't just change your situation, it changes you. Rhea's story is now about how she is an adult sponsored child. That is, she's graduated out of the program that built Christ-like confidence in her and it broke cycles of poverty. It gave her a future free from poverty. And today, I love this, she is a sponsor of a child in her own village, that same community where she grew up. She's now breaking cycles for the next generation after her. Child sponsorship does transform lives. And you can hear more more about Rhea's story, others like her, if you go to compassion.ca slash if only. And as always, the link will be down in the show notes, compassion.ca slash if only. And so when you think about this, as I'm even sharing just in small ways, how it's connected with me personally, I can't help myself when I talk about the show to talk about how it's affected me personally. Uh, how do you see it fitting into the spiritual journey of those who are viewing it? And maybe there's some ways you didn't expect it. Like if you have any stories you can share of sort of the feedback you've got, the fan feedback or the viewer feedback, how has it been connecting to people's spiritual journey? Well, I do think that God is, is just using it as a, as, as um, a gathering tool. So it was really cool um, in the very first season episode four, we see the miracle of the fish where Simon, you know, is overwhelmed by the fish dump in the boat. Um, And Jesus is talking to him afterwards and, and, and he's, he had told a parable about gathering fish. And when you catch fish, you throw the good ones back and, or you throw the bad ones back and you keep the good ones. And, um, and Jesus was saying, I want you to gather people and I'm going to sort them out you know how to gather fish, gather people, I will sort it out. And Dallas had this own epiphany in his own life of like, he's like, I'm just supposed to gather. That's my job. I'm not supposed to judge who comes. I'm just supposed to gather. I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus and Jesus is supposed to sort it out. And, um, and I think that that's what we're seeing. I think we're, we're seeing 
people gather to Jesus. And we're hearing um, the stuff that's really fuel for us that keeps us, because like I said, we breathe, eat, sleep, chosen. Um, The thing that keeps us going are these stories about people being drawn to Jesus who were a prodigal or who had trauma in their life and just couldn't couldn't connect or, or didn't feel seen. Um, people in the special needs community, children, old people at the end of their lives. I, I'm. It has been extraordinary to watch people gather. I think the show is just that. I, again, it's not scripture. We want people come and 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 get this new view of Jesus and then read your Bibles or get involved in your local church or in your local communities because we need that. The show isn't a substitute for that, but that's how we're seeing the show be used. And and um and it's just awesome because personally we've learned to see people so differently. Uh, you know, there are people who fight in the chat rooms. I will never understand that. Um <laughs> and by the way, I will never read it because I don't care. Because it's so it's so like, man, God is doing this new thing. And how are you in the in uh, upset about even who's in the chat room? They'll say, I love the show. Oh, I love the show. And then we're like, wait, you're a Catholic? Wait, you're a Lutheran? Oh, there must be something wrong with the show. And it's wow. like, that's mind-blowing to me. But for the most part, it's positive. And we're seeing people just go, I, I, I feel like I'm drawn back to Jesus mm-hmm. or to Jesus for the first time. So that that's... That's what we're seeing again and again, and and we just our jaws are just dropped that we get to that we get to be a part of it. Um, and of course, not everyone involved in the show are Christians. Uh, what I mean is, in terms of like the actors and things like that, and then they're walking around in their regular life, and someone might recognize them as the character from the show. Um, what have you What have you seen on that side of things? Whether it's the crew or the you know the acting actors. Um, what has their response been to being involved in a project like this? Because it has gathered all kinds of people with all kinds of skills and talents, whether they follow Jesus or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't have a litmus test for who works on the show. We're hiring the best people. Um, and when we often say um, ground zero of the ministry of the chosen is the set of the chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we love our people. They're at all different places. They're, they're like, same kind of snapshot of humanity, you know, it's, they're at all different places. And so it's, it's weird for some of them, um, because I do the, a lot of the feedback that they get is people wanting to share how, how God has changed their life through this character or through this storyline or through this performance or whatever. That's weird for some of them. Um, but for the, for most of them, I mean, they're, they're, they love it. And they, even if they don't personally, um, believe yet, I like to say, sure. yes, um, they, um, they're a part of something that's beautiful and they, they see that. And, um, and we're all just grateful. We're all grateful to be putting something lovely out for us. It's deeper than that, but, yeah. um, but that's for the most part, how people feel who are working on the show. So season three, what are you hoping people take away or maybe what is next? What, as people are diving into this, what, what are you hoping uh, to bring to us next? Well, you know, we have, um, as of February, I lose track of the dates. What is today? Seventh, um, that we're taping this, um, the, all eight episodes will be out on the app. So that's exciting. Uh, season three will be out and everybody can watch whenever they want and they can watch it again and again. Some people say, um, (laughs) and, but we're already back to work on season four. So, um, the scripts are being, 
finished and production is on the ground and casting starts soon and it never stops. And so season four will be shot um, in the spring and it'll be out again by the end of the year. Um, and then in the meantime, we have our new Bible study uh, just hit the street, which is exciting uh, for Bible study, uh, our third season uh, Bible study. And um, and then devotional four comes out later this uh, this year as well. So um there's always something. <laughs> if you need a chosen fix, there is always something, and it's all in our app. That's where we, that's where we house everything. Well, that's it. That was going to be my last question for you because we've talked around it, but we haven't said specifically. Where do you want to send people today um, yeah. to get more chosen? The chosen, the chosen app. So you just type in the chosen. There's nothing else attached. It's super simple, and you just download the app, and everything that you need is there. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much for your work, for your involvement. Um, whether it's seen, unseen, I know your hand has touched this and it's, it's God's hand really, right? That has been just doing something with this, that it's the loaves and fishes. It's just more than could have been imagined. And I love this good trouble that your team is getting into. And, um, you know, I've been personally impacted by it, but I know many people listening or watching us today have been. So thank you so much to the whole team. Really awesome. grateful. Can't wait to see what happens next. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out this episode. Thanks so much to Amanda for her time today. Next up on the podcast next week, we're talking to Jared Brock about a God named Josh. We're bringing like the humanity of Jesus in. Did you know that Jesus, his name wasn't really Jesus? That's the kind of stuff we're going to be talking to Jared Brock about next week. So you're going to want to come back for that episode. Thanks to our sponsors, Compassion Canada, Lifting Children from Poverty in Jesus' Name, and the podcast Scripture Untangled by the Canadian Bible Society. Check us out on YouTube. We've got tutorials. We've got a back catalog of podcasts, people who you maybe admire, read from, listen to. We've probably interviewed them. We've got 150 episodes or something up there. So we'd love for you to check out the content that would encourage you, that would educate you, train you up in this digital world that we live in. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week.